Welcome to the Multiverse of Badness. We are living in grand times where we can put water in cans and we can have our cake and eat it too. We're not going to be talking about cake as a dessert. We will be talking about another dessert today with the amazing Zach, as well as a guest, pretty amazing guy himself. He is very fast. He is very dangerous. He is from the planet of Malastare. It is the amazing Joey DiCarlo from the So Wizard podcast. How are you doing today, Joey? What's going on, everybody? It is great to be here. I'm super excited to combine two of my favorite things, badness and comic books. So let's get it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mike and Zach, but apparently we at least <laughs> rate below badness and comic books That's in right. Joey's eyes. Tell us a little bit about the So Wizard podcast. I know you've been on the air for quite some time, it appears. Yeah, we are uh, approaching episode 400 as we speak. We've just released episode 392. We are a weekly movie review podcast. Uh, we review geeky movie and TV shows. Uh, we also have a supplemental YouTube channel where we interview creatives and do other sorts of video type things like unboxings and trailer reactions and that type of stuff. But yeah, every single week we review a nerdy or geeky movie or TV show and it's been going on since August 2014. So thankfully, we're masochists with no life, and we're able to you know, <laughs> stick to it every week. So two things. One, stop making us look bad. Two, <laughs> he's so pretty. He's just so pretty. <laughs> I listened earlier to your, uh, I think, most recent episode with Moonfall, the new uh, the Roland Emmerich movie. And it, if anything has made me want, like, just from the poster alone, you know that movie's going to be an absolute dumpster fire. But from you guys breaking it down, I am so excited. <laughs> it, it's pretty shit, I got to tell you. <laughs> it's not very good. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Uh, it was, it's this over two hour long movie. It was brutal. So uh, it's gotten to the point with my, my family where my kids uh, go to the movies with me a lot to see a lot of these movies. I've managed to make them nerdy. And a lot of times we'll see the trailers and they'll just look at me and go, do you have to watch that for the podcast? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. And they'll just laugh at me, point and laugh at me. So that, that's what happened with Moonfall was one of those movies where they just pointed and laughed at me after the trailer. <laughs> Sucks to be you, dad. Yeah, my family and friends do that on the regular, but that's just when I'm in the room. They're like, oh, I'm sorry, Mike. I had no idea about that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, your camera was on last <laughs> time you did that, buddy. Thanks a lot. So par for the course, we're going to make Joey review something pretty terrible today here on the Multiverse of Badness. This is one that I brought to the table, which is why, sadly for you, our loyal <laughs> listener, I'm the one leading instead of Zach in his golden but occasionally sometimes busted up voice. We're going to be reviewing... Obnoxio the Clown versus the X-Men, issue one, and we're going to be focusing primarily on a quote-unquote supervillain named Ice Cream, as in E-Y-E dash S-C-R-E-A-M. I do believe he is canon, and the reason I believe that is he's listed in the Marvel database, as well as another mutant that likes ice cream is named soft serve do you know what soft serve superpower is and i had to bring this up i looked into it soft serve is a different superhero this is the one and only appearance of ice cream quick side note second i based supervillain that we've done with a <laughs> a confusing name obviously we had the ten-eyed man we thought he was gonna have eyes on his fingers he didn't ice cream I was expecting someone with screaming eyes. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's not it. But to answer your original question, soft serve poops ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's a thing. What do you think of all this tomfoolery and nonsense, Joey? Are you still in or are you about ready to leave us be? Oh, uh, this is a pretty ridiculous comic book. Uh, not to age myself, but this would be around the time when I was buying lots of comics right off the spinner mm-hmm. rack. And I have never read this comic before until uh, you forced it upon my eyes. So uh, I will definitely, <laughs> definitely uh, identify with anyone whose eyes are screaming after reading this. <laughs> Well, I'm so sorry for what I've done, but I can admit that much like our second episode, I actually own this comic, and that's how I decided to come across it. (laughs) Yes. Well, it was pretty hard to pass up. I don't believe I bought it off the rack directly. I believe it was one of those bargain bins. And as you're looking through, and I'm going to ruin the cover for anyone that hasn't looked at the cover yet, it's a clown with a cigar holding a dead kitty pride in his hands and saying, <laughs> Hiya, kids. What's yellow and black and doesn't breathe no more? So you know we're up against it from the jump. Did you notice, though, obviously there's a little asterisk at the end of the question, and if you look on the debris on the floor on the bottom right of the cover, there's the answer, and the answer of the question is actually a dead school bus. Oh, oh, it's the does, nuances does that, of his Does that joking. imply that there's a living school bus somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> there's a living road on Doom Patrol, so anything's possible at this, this point. This is true. <laughs> so we'll jump into reviewing this amazing comic. And fortunately, it starts out relatively quickly. We get to see Obnoxio showing up at the X-Men mansion. He rips off a cab driver by not tipping him. And also in the background, we get to see... The first glimpse of our villain, Ice Cream. And he, not so kindly, says this about our friendly clown. He says, curses, a ragged intruder. He may dash my carefully laid plans. Oh my god, this page makes so much more sense to me now that you've pointed out he's in the background. The art in this book is hot, wet, horse shit, and I just did not notice him there. I was about to mention that. I didn't want to be rude, but the art sucks ass. <laughs> it looks like I mean, the, uh, it looks like Obnoxio has his plans written on a piece of toilet paper. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a precursor to what the rest of this book should be used as, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> Well, not only is the artwork bad, the story itself is amazing in all the bad ways because it starts out, as Obnoxio is coming up, we learn instantly that Professor X has invited him. Do you know why? We'll let Joey tell us why Professor X has invited Obnoxio. It's it's Kitty Pride's birthday party, I think. It is. is. (laughs) Happy birthday, Kitty Pride. Here's a terrible clown. (laughs) Well, he says here, he says that he arranged for the services of her favorite clown from Crazy Magazine because, for those that don't know, Crazy Magazine was a short-running magazine that competed with Mad and Cracked and was not very good. It also included some really hilarious things, and I had to look at said magazine to see what some (laughs) of these were. Yeah, one of the funny things in Crazy Magazine was... This gang war championship of 1974, where gangs were fighting each other, and at the end it says, triumphant gang members follow tradition and carry the opposing coach off on their shoulders. But the coach is in a coffin, and the (laughs) gang is carrying a coffin filled with an opposing gang member's leader off 
on their shoulders. Now, first off, I don't know why gangs carry coffins to dump <laughs> dead other gang leaders in. That's beside the point, but that's the kind of humor that you get with crazy magazines. So already we know Kitty is a, an interesting 14-year-old girl. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like the kind of 14-year-old humor, I don't think, for girls particularly. So this is the thing as well. Um, Obnoxio the Clown was the Alfred E. Newman of crazy. So... They basically took this little gross clown that would appear and make little jokes in Crazy Magazine, and they span him off. Span him off? Spun him off? <laughs> <laughs> into uh, into his own X-Men fighting book. They shat him off into something. I don't know. This is terrible. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've ever seen a physical copy of Crazy Magazine in my life. And, and I, I'm old as dirt, so like I remember there being magazines in stores. And I don't think I've ever seen a copy of Crazy Magazine. So how old are you, Joey, if you don't mind saying? Because I'm probably about the same age. Uh, I'm, I just turned 45. So. Oh, well, see, I'm five years older than you, so there you go. Oh, okay. Well, you w- don't look a day over 49, so... Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, my I God. I'm a baby. <laughs> That's right. Oh, you're so adorable. Um, Look at the little Swansea smile. He's adorable. <laughs> but you know what's not adorable? It's Cerebro screaming at the top of his lungs, hey, you got a mutant here, and blowing the fuck up and nearly killing <laughs> Professor X. Is that even, like, close to what Cerebro looks like? Like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it looks like it, fucking in television or some shit. Like, what is this? <laughs> You wouldn't expect Cerebro to have a tube monitor. That's right. It's just sitting in his living room. Like, that's that that's Cerebro? It's pretty disappointing. There's a uh, panel as well of a close-up of Professor X's face with a really, really unfortunate bit of shading under his nose that just makes him look like bald Hitler. <laughs> oh, shit. Good call. <laughs> you know what? He's just cosplaying as Charlie Chaplin, I promise okay, you. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Mr. Brightside. <laughs> Or Michael Jordan when he did those underwear commercials and thought he could bring back the Hitler mustache, but even Michael Jordan can't do that. Yes, look look up. Uh, you can Google this after the show, Zach. Google Michael Jordan Hitler mustache, and Jesus. you will probably get mustaches where Michael Jordan is sporting what looks to be a Hitler mustache. I accidentally Googled it during the show, and you are completely <laughs> correct. <laughs> the FBI is on the way. Don't worry. <laughs> So the next thing that happens now is, of course, Cyclops runs in here and he's got a dick hard and wet because he's like, I get to be leader. I get to be leader. Professor X might be dead. So he turns on all the security systems. And one of those one of those security systems is a trap door. Now, poor Omnoxio is trapped and the X-Men are going to pretty much go confront him and likely kill him. So, Joey, what do you think of the humor in this book? It definitely has a a forced slapstick kind of style to it. <laughs> the humor is terrible, and it 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 reminds me of like like somebody, an old person, and now we were just talking about ages, so that makes me sad. But an old person, somebody in their like their sixties, and when this was written, writing it to be funny for people that are like ten or twelve years old. None of it lands at all. It's all terrible. <laughs> it, it's not a good advertisement for Crazy Magazine. We'll put it that way. Oh, Crazy was long dead by the time this oh, came Jesus. out. <laughs> what was the point of this then? <laughs> <laughs> we got <laughs> sitting around like we we have to get Obnoxio the Clown into the MCU immediately. Like, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess they needed to extend that intellectual property a little right. further, but. 
I reckon it was just one writer who's down on his luck. He walked into his office like, I need an idea. I need a book. And he looks and there's a copy of Crazy Magazine next to a copy of the X-Men. And he was like, maybe, maybe it's just crazy enough to work. (laughs) Oh, I made a pun. (laughs) (laughs) So the next panel, we have ice cream just turning into ice cream and sliding under a poorly insulated window. I, I don't, don't think, think that's think how windows... ice cream works. Does it? <laughs> I don't think you can just slide under a window. It's just, okay, that's cool. At least it doesn't turn into that dry-ass astronaut ice cream. That would be oh. completely worthless. So that's what quantity surveyors do in Wales to check if houses are worthy of selling. They'll just melt a tub of Ben and Jerry's and pour it on the <laughs> seals of all the windows. And if any gets through, the, your house is fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what else is fucked? This room that Obnoxio fell in because its walls so weak, he takes an extra CO2 cartridge from his seltzer bottle and blows a hole in the side of the wall. Yeah, he's got whippet canisters, man. Don't like, hippies use those to get high? <laughs> this reminds me of the some of my friends in high school who could not pass a, a math test to save their lives, but if you needed them to make a bong of an apple and like a bottle of soda pop, they were there, man. <laughs> Handy friends to have. That's right. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. Swansea's full of them. Yeah, you want to have the bomb maker in Swansea. <laughs> oh, I thought I thought Zach was going to say something funny. No, ah. I'm going to take offense to it. I'm going to sour the entire tone of the episode. <laughs> well, boo-hoo. <laughs> so, the size of explosion this makes is just like, what, what kind of CO2 is this guy using? <laughs> He does blow it, the entire wall out, and we get our first uh, onomatopoeia of the book. And you get a giant frump. I don't think explosions <laughs> sound like frump. <laughs> yeah, and a guy from Swansea would know. So fortunately, at this point, <laughs> there we go. The- he pulled it back. <laughs> so fortunately, at this point, Obnoxio the clown is escaping, but because they're going to see. What the hell happened? The X-Men are here, and he comes face-to-face with at least all the X-Men at the time. And the shocking thing to me about this is the one real problem I have with the book. And as Zach likes to point out, I don't think any of this actually happened. (laughs) But the real problem I have with this is that we spent the first part of the magazine being told, this is Kitty Pryde's favorite clown, and she doesn't recognize him at all. Yep. Yep, very good point. I thought that as soon as I got to this bit. Another the the part the top panel of this page is great though because it's Obnoxio <laughs> coming out of this wall he's blown out. All of the X Men are there and they're like, "Hey, we need to talk to you. Stop right there. You know, we need to get this sorted." And it finishes with Storm going. Or you will answer to the power of Storm. And I'd love to think of the X-Men all being like, fuck's sake, Storm, we talked about this. You can't just say that at the end of everything and make yourself the leader. Yeah, you know Cyclops is going to be really pissy about that. <laughs> so, Joey, I do want to know what you think about the next four panels here, because this is actually some interesting writing here, I believe. There's some weird shit going on, but not only weird shit, we get a little bit of a look into the psyche of our villain ice cream. So what do you think? Oh my God. I, I, I don't understand what his plan is. So, <laughs> or, or how he was going to achieve his plan. He just wants to go into the danger room by melting into ice cream. 
it's very strange. That sounds like a well thought out plan. Yeah. It's not funny. It's like somebody thought I have a villain that turns into ice cream, we call him ice cream. And then they, that was it. Then they're like, ta-da! Like, isn't it funny? There, there's nothing else with it, man. Yeah. It's just weird. <laughs> what, what do you think of his uh, costume? We haven't touched upon Ice Cream's uh, appearance yet. <laughs> oh, God. He's absolutely ridiculous looking. Oh, my God. What and is this he, guy? He actually tugs at my heartstrings here because you realize... Oh, no. Yeah, you realize that this is a guy... His whole sole purpose to kill the X-Men, or at least utterly defeat them, is because they make his powers seem ridiculous. In his defense, <laughs> his powers are ridiculous. But when they're gone, all will soon gape in awe at ice cream. The man who can turn into any flavor of ice cream he desires. No, they're not. Because even if you kill all the mutants in the entire world ice cream, they're still Spider-Man. They're still Captain America. You're still going to get laughed at. There's still Howard the Duck. I'm pretty sure he outranks <laughs> Mr. Ice Cream. <laughs> you gotta you gotta be pretty sad when Angel has cooler powers than you. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. You, don't get me on a rant about how bad I hate Angel. But <laughs> you can point out as well that the danger room, it's aptly labeled danger room. And he slides under the door again because this is just easy to do. And he turns into, I'm going to assume, banana split flavored ice cream, which is a pretty ambitious one because it might have chunks. You think he'd choose something a little easier to go under the door. But he says that he's going to go under any obstacle, lickety banana split. Going back to how bad the humor is in this book. I mean, (laughs) I thought it was funny that they wrote in his whole shtick being like, I am so ridiculous that I have to eradicate everyone to look good by comparison. That was funny. But then, yeah, you get the lickety banana split. I did look into it as well. On his power set on the Marvel Wiki, uh, it does state specifically that he can turn into any flavor of ice cream, including banana split. (laughs) (laughs) Going back to what you're saying about the aptly labeled Danger Room, I love in later comics where the Danger Room is such a powerful AI that it gains sentience and... (laughs) gives itself form like yeah it turns into a hot robot it does turn into a hot. i was was (laughs) trying to dance around the words hot robot (laughs) Uh, but like here it's just up a set of stairs and there's like a hastily put up sign (laughs) (laughs) danger room was watching way too much anime before that it was it was wild (laughs) yeah that's why we also have Mutants that can poop ice cream flavors because they've been watching too much anime as well. <laughs> That's right. Needless to say, now we get the actual fight. Oh, boy. Breaks out between Omnoxio and the X-Men. And amazingly, <laughs> Omnoxio incapacitates Cyclops and Nightcrawler. Would you like to tell us how, Joey? Because oh, it's my God. wild to me. He uses like <laughs> fucking like jokes you'd order out of the back of a comic. So it's got like a joy buzzer and like sneezing powder. Um, it, it's it it's bad. It's really bad, <laughs> and it makes the X Men look terrible. Like Ice Cream could just leave now because nobody thinks the X Men are cool after this. Like he accomplished <laughs> his mission. <laughs> See, I thought, I, I have to disagree, I, I thought his use of circus clown tricks was expertly put, because each one, uh, apart from when, and I love that the X-Men rush him, so he dodges them on his unicycle, and I assume they all run into a wall. <laughs> 
But the electric buzzer on Colossus, he's metal, that's going to hurt more. The sneezing powder with Nightcrawler, so that every time he sneezes, he just portals across the room. I, I thought Obnoxio gave them a run for their money on this bit. What was he going to do with all that stuff if he just had to do a birthday party? Like, what was the act going to be where he, like... <laughs> for my next trick, I'm going to blow out a wall. In his defense, he does spray Kitty Pride in the fucking face later on, so yeah, this is kind true. of an asshole to begin with. At this point, the danger room pretty much grabs Obnoxio and pulls him into the danger room where he is going to have to phase off against the X-Men's danger room, so aptly labeled. Oh, by the way, Zach, I forgot to mention this, and I'm going to try not to make as many forgetful references as I did last time I hosted because I did a piss-poor job. But this time, I'm thinking that you could actually do a great co-promotion with the adverts we have in Obnoxio about the sneezing powder and the the joy buzzer. They've missed that opportunity to co-promote right inside a magazine. That's a very good point. They, we do get uh, later on in the book faux adverts. We get some obnoxio fake adverts that we can look into. <laughs> no, we'll definitely look into those. Oh, God, yeah. Because, I mean, the, this story is literally just the first one in the book. There are yep. other bits, um, and they are dark. And trigger warning, there are a lot of suicide references. We won't go into detail with those. Uh, yeah, for a, what is a kid's book about a clown fighting colorful superheroes, definitely got a bit of an edge to it. <laughs> as well as in the danger room now, we have Obnoxio dodging fire and having lasers shot at him. And of course, because he's a resourceful clown, if nothing else, he's able to use his seltzer bottle to put out the flamethrowers and use banana cream pies to stop the lasers. So this guy... Say what you want to about this clown. He's he's pretty damn powerful. I think he's he's alpha level mutant pretty close here. <laughs> where as far where as did he get those pies? And honestly, the funny thing is, too, we forgot to mention at this point, or maybe not forgot to mention, it goes without mentioning, because the X-Men at this point think he is the mutant. So they have to really be concerned about this guy being super powerful because they didn't know the Cerebro was was flagging for ice cream. I grew up loving the X-Men, right? Like, it genuinely meant a lot to me, and... In the handful of episodes so far we've done with this podcast, we have seen them get beaten by a clown and Santa Claus. So <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, my, my childhood's getting destroyed in front of me. They, they also tried to invite a disco dancer into the X-Men after she did absolutely nothing in the issue. And got turned down. <laughs> <laughs> That's because she read the Obnoxio book. Of course she's going to turn them down. Fuck, I don't want to get beaten up by a clown. I'm going back to the club. <laughs> <laughs> so finally uh, fortunately the X-Men are able to finally break into the danger room because they're going to they're going to attack Obnoxio he almost dies because he almost drowns in the danger room the danger room finally realizes we're just going to flood this thing and kill him and he's near death fortunately they break in Obnoxio comes out Wolverine's about ready to just put his claws through his fucking neck and thankfully Thankfully, at this point, Professor X says, hey, come back to the danger room control room. I got something to tell you. Why did Professor X wait this long? (laughs) What are you waiting for? Before the dramatic reveal, though, I would like to point out when the danger room is flooded and 
Wolverine breaks through with his adamantium claws, although earlier on it was set up that it's specifically designed to withstand Cyclops' <laughs> eye blasts because he throws tantrums. But the water <laughs> rushes out, and Obnoxio had a really good idea to preserve oxygen. He inflated a rubber chicken and put it over his head. He'd suffocate <laughs> so quickly doing that. It's like, drowning or suffocation? Which way do I go? <laughs> Zach, I don't think this comic actually happened, buddy. <laughs> Goddamn. Another Why one. Why do they not have a button to shut the danger room off? Like, I know it says <laughs> danger room, but Jesus, that's very dangerous. That, exactly. They, you know, they considered it. They had many, many late night talks going <laughs> to the wee hours of the morning, all talking about where to put the big red button. But <laughs> Yeah, and similarly to some other stories we've had, like with the Ten-Eyed Man, where the Ten-Eyed Man suddenly just goes up to a laser machine and realizes how to operate it. I guess Ice Cream's going to be like, okay, you know what? I heard through the mutant community about this danger room. Thankfully, they included instructions. Because I would make this assumption that Professor X isn't going to make a big red butt that goes on to do dangerous things that could kill the X-Men. Does this uh, set up that in the Earth 616 there's like a mutant equivalent to the anarchist cookbook? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So now we have Professor X with the X-Men and Minoxio getting dragged behind them. Professor X has actually frozen ice cream into a block of ice. How? He was able to reduce the temperature in the danger room control panel enough to freeze him into a block of ice. Now, I don't know how logistically this happens <laughs> because, first off, he's ice cream. So he's probably going to have a lower body temperature by and large. But secondly, when you freeze someone just using simple temperature, a block of ice doesn't form around them. <laughs> This is like a hand solo shit. They like that to pour ice on top of him or pour water on top of him, put him in something and freeze him and then remove it. This is just logistically not accurate. It's that trap from Soul 3. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he just use his powers to like knock him out or something? Like why what's Professor X come up with this convoluted plan to turn him into a giant ice block? It's <laughs> so Obnoxio can then cover him in whipped cream and a giant cherry, which leads me to believe. Did the, because obviously he never comes back, did the X-Men cannibalize ice cream? (laughs) Happy birthday, Kitty. Eat the man. (laughs) Oh, well, well, that said, yes, I do believe that um, the whole goal of Defreezium was this. The ice cream sundae is on me, says Uh, our good bud, Obnoxio. And at this point, Kitty Pride is told that, hey, we brought in Obnoxio for your party. She still doesn't recognize him, mind you. (laughs) Her favorite clown. (laughs) Yeah, this is her favorite clown. Doesn't recognize him. And she says this, which actually references something that was very uncomfortable back on page one that I was going to save until here. She says, oh, tee-hee, then you're going to entertain at my party? I don't like the use of the word tee-hee Michael Jackson style here because on page one particularly – Obnoxio says this, entertaining a kid's birthday party, yeesh. Think they gave up my regular Wednesday night of shark fishing to give this little girl her teehees. Now, first off, I'm not really sure what shark fishing references, but secondly, his quote, to give a little girl her teehees, just sounds very uncomfortable. And then the fact later on in the magazine where she says teehee, it just 
I I kind of put that out of my mind reading it. I was like, okay, I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them a pass. But when they reference that again a second time, I think they want you to remember that. It's it's kind of troubling to me. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you put a lot more thought into this than the writer did, so I'm <laughs> just going to let you go on that one. <laughs> it sounds like it has troubled you. You've read this, and then you've just sat there contemplating. Your wife walks in like, Mike, are you okay? And you're like, just leave me be. <laughs> <laughs> I think I figured out why she didn't recognize the clown. Maybe it's that the cowl on her costume is too tight, and it's squeezing around her eyes, and she can't really make anything out. <laughs> Maybe this book did happen. So finally, the last panel, as Obnoxio's leaving, to reference what Joey said, just to double down on the references to what <laughs> children and young adults have no idea what they're talking about. He says, next time you want yaks, go get yourselves the cast of Sugar Babies. I actually had to look this up because I had no idea what Sugar Babies was. <laughs> Apparently, from 1979 to 1982, there was a Broadway burlesque show named Sugar Babies that Mickey Rooney, America's beloved comedian, would dress up in drag and dance. <laughs> I just tried to look it up, and I've got this as a result. It says Sugar Baby. Sugar dating, also called sugaring, is a transactional dating practice typically characterized by an older, wealthier person and a younger person in need of financial assistance in mutually beneficial relationship. Nice. So maybe that's what he was referencing. <laughs> Professor X was the sugar baby and Omnachio was the sugar sugar girl in this because he's doing this for money and he pretty much calls him a, not a perverted old man, but he does reference him being old and weird early on. So yeah. So as far as that goes, we'll, we'll pause for a second and review the Obnoxio X-Men version of our podcast because the rest of it we probably won't talk about too long because it has nothing to do with the X-Men or superheroes, but we will mention it. But as far as that goes, Joey, what is your opinion on our X-Men versus Obnoxio <laughs> issue? Here? It's terrible. It, it is <laughs> awful. I remember seeing this in uh, price guides and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I always listed up there, you know, like when you used to buy a magazine or a book. God, aging myself again, that would have all the comics, and what they were worth. I remember seeing this there and always wondering, what the hell is that? And now that I know what it is, I'm, I'm just disgusted. I, I'm glad I never spent any kind of money to buy this. So. But I never mailed away <laughs> for this one. <laughs> That's disappointing because I again I own it. It's kind of yeah. a baller as far as I'm concerned. It, um, so, it makes a lot of sense that you own this book, Mike. Take that as you will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think. But uh, the next story we will at least I'll gloss over in sixty seconds or less. Obnoxio is supposed to go to jury duty. He's pissy about it while he's on the bus. Some kid says, "Was the circus mugged, mommy?" That's the that's the humor in this uh, this particular story. The best thing I can say about this story is we realize that Obnoxio actually has rats in his apartment, and he also has just one of those metal tin cans beside his chair in his living room because he's too lazy to have an actual trash can, I guess. Uh, some people are stealing mannequins and a giant typewriter when he goes to jury duty. And, of course, because it wouldn't be an Obnoxio superhero comic otherwise, he helps foil them, and they end up in jail, and they think Obnoxio is undercover, but he's not. It's just luck. So, well, there you go. I reviewed that. But I do want Zach to review quickly the fake advertisements on the back. And you, you're as welcome to as well, Joey, if one <laughs> uh, jumped out to you as being your favorite. 
I think it's only fair we let the guest go first. Only because they're horrendous, and I don't want to be recorded saying them. The guest is horrendous? Well, that's no way to talk about Joey. Jesus, wait until he gets off the podcast at least. He's done more episodes of his podcast than you and I have podcasts to combine, and you're insulting our guest. I don't oh, like boy. that, Zach. Quantity over quality. That's what I always say. Um, <laughs> Fallout Shelter Floor Puzzle, I think, was my oh, favorite, favorite one, uh, especially because it implies that you're going to eat the children in the Fallout Shelter. That was that was great. <laughs> it actually doesn't imply it. It actually asks, puzzle, how long before the young ones begin to look tasty? <laughs> that is, it is, these are really messed up. Uh, the one underneath it, count the killer bees. Even though the sign said keep out, little Susie sneaked in and fooled with the hive. Now help little Susie count the enraged killer bees before their stings render her unconscious. What the fuck, well, the, man? Well, those were my two favorites. I'm going to go to the very last two pages and mention that on the very back page, we have a Marvel Masterwork pinup of the X-Men led by Obnoxio here. So I'm, I'm going to go get my magazine out. I think I might actually cut up my Obnoxio number one and post this on my wall. But the other thing that I'd forgotten is that if you look on the page beside, there's Blip Magazine, which was a video <laughs> gaming magazine produced by Marvel that I never bought. And the other thing that also, it rubs it in your eye if you actually bought Obnoxio, is there is the list of other comics you could have spent your money on that week right above it. You could have bought Warlock number five. You could have bought Masters of Kung Fu 123, Fantastic Four, all these, but you spent your money on Obnoxio. Congratulations, you idiot. Ooh, Team America's on there. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And there's some good comics on here. We got Ghost Rider. We have Moon Knight. So, yeah. I like this one. It's just Peter Parker. The day-to-day adventures of Peter Parker when he's not <laughs> Spider-Manning. Although, saying that, the Matt Fraction Hawkeye series, where they basically did that as a premise, was amazing. <laughs> you know, like one where, Matt, where Hawkeye, when he's taking days off being Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, the spaghetti came out bad again. I've got to learn how to make this shit. So needless to say, I think we are done. So we actually have some questions that we like to ask, and we will let Joey fill in this question blank for us. Each episode, we rate it on one to five of something that kind of tickled our fancy in said book. So on a scale of one to five... First off, what would you like to rate it on? And secondly, how many of said one to five-age do you give this great, great comic book? Uh, I, I will give this zero out of five frumps, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know we could go to zero. So yeah, Joey's actually done something unique here. Groundbreaking, yeah, the first ever zero review. So talk us through it. Why did it get such a negative review? <laughs> oh man, it's the art is terrible. It's not funny it's it's just legitimately stupid and i can't figure out who this is written for <laughs> it's not good <laughs> they for need X-Men to put fans. that as a quote on the front of the book <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not good for x-men fans it's not for kids it's, there are no fans of crazy magazines <laughs> even uh obnoxio's biggest fan doesn't recognize him so <laughs> it's just that's not, true it's, it's it's not for anyone this is for no one the Simpsons have actually referenced Crazy Magazine once in their show. Yikes. So but they also said, I think they said something to the effect they had Mad Magazine and Cracked Magazine and an occasional crazy. So it wasn't like a, a well, 
It's not like they gave it a lot of dab, but they gave it a little yeah. more love than I would have expected. Think, so how the driving, think how those driving forces behind Blip magazine feel at this point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, hopefully they interview, what's his name? Billy Mitchell. Hopefully they interview Billy, Billy Mitchell. Right. That guy's a dick. So, <laughs> Oh, is he the Donkey Kong guy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's also a bunch of other video game guys, but yeah. Team Steve Weeby, bitches. So, Zach, <laughs> tell me, of the zero to five, I guess, is now what we're going, and an item. What do you give it and why? Uh, so, I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty pissed. I was going to go for Frump as well. So, and I'm desperately searching <laughs> through the book. Uh, I'm, I'm going to rate it on intentional and misguided references to suicide in a book for children. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> and there are plenty of them. Uh so I've got a conflicting opinion of this book because as crude and ugly and horrible as it is, that kind of struck a chord with me. Growing up, I was really into like milk and cheese and um, like a lot of like the Yonan uh, Vasquez books, Filler Bunny, all like really weird, gross comics. And this kind of gave me a bit of a, a zhuzh reading it. But at the same time, it wasn't done well enough for me to be like, where has Obnoxio been my entire life? <laughs> uh, so on that note, I'm going to give it two... Uh, I can't remember what I said. Suicide references for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Uncomfortable suicide references, I think. Just to... Misguided, just to yeah, really misguided suicide references. Misguided suicide references. Well... Joey, I'll tell you who this was written for. This was written for me, my man. And I'm going to rate it on uncomfortable teehees, okay? So how many uncomfortable teehees am I going to give it? Teehee, 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 tee. I'm going to give it three and a half uncomfortable teehees. Because I found it to be absolutely hilariously bad. And this, it's magazines and comics like this that kind of inspired Zach and I to start digging into the multiverse of badness. And this to me, checked a lot of, of smile boxes. I would have probably given it four if Kitty Pride wasn't such an idiot. And <laughs> if Cerebro didn't break down at the drop of a hat, maybe even four and a half. But it did have some plot holes. And I'm a stickler for plot holes, as well been documented. But as far as smiles and an enjoyment factor, the fact that I think that an alcoholic clown named Obnoxio can stand toe-to-toe with the X-Men, and as Zach pointed out, use proper weapons against them is more impressive, as well as the whole scene where Ice Cream has given us the swan song of, oh, I'm just not loved. It's, it really started tugging my heartstrings. So three and a half uncomfortable teehees. Honestly, I think Charles Xavier could have saved a lot of money setting up the danger room. Instead of all the computers and technology, he could have just had a drunk, angry clown. Right, Cyclops, you're misbehaving. Get in the fucking clown room, son. <laughs> <laughs> now, question, Zach, because... I'm just thinking about ice cream here, okay? He actually took over the danger room. What was his plan to get the X-Men into the danger room? Uh, maybe he felt they needed additional training and he was just trying to do them a favor. I have no idea. <laughs> was he going to imitate Professor X's voice during this time? Because it's not like they were just going to go in there. Oh, it's, uh, it, it, yeah, it's me, uh, Peter Xavier, <laughs> your dad and boss. <laughs> Oh, so now, Joey, we do have to ask you if you know, because sometimes this is the trickiest part of the show. How would you bring 
Preferably ice cream, but if you don't want to dabble in the ice cream, you can bring them Noxio into the Marvel Universe of the real world. How would you, as a purveyor of comic books, do this? Sorry, uh, I would definitely bring uh, um, um, ice cream right into uh, comics, but I would make him extreme. So he would uh, be in the like a 90s version of himself. Maybe he'd have spikes all over him, plus ice cream. Uh, we could get li- <laughs> Rob Liefeld to draw it. Um, maybe he'd be like blood scream. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. The um, image just turn into, the boy. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He can just turn into pools of blood instead of ice cream anymore now because he's so extreme and violent. So. See, when you said extreme, I thought you meant like he was going to be in like a burlesque show like Sugar Babies. But you're talking <laughs> actually Sugar Babies. Extreme, Mickey Rooney. <laughs> that's right. Mickey Rooney plays ice cream, blood scream. <laughs> right. I it. thought you meant just like crazy ice cream flavors. <laughs> that's right. Oh, chocolate <laughs> orange. Watch out. <laughs> Look out. It's birthday Tabasco cake. sauce sardine. Check it out. Out. <laughs> that's even better <laughs> and he has so no zach <laughs> so, so zach what's your opinion i uh this is going to be a, an odd one and i apologize beforehand uh will you allow me to share a screen would you would you it, it will <laughs> aid in my explanation you, s- you know what you run the zoom you can do whatever the hell you want buddy <laughs> <laughs> so um you may see on this panel here from the story when he's on jury duty this gentleman sat next to him, complaining about his headaches. I'm pretty sure that's Ed Gein. <laughs> look at that. Like, it is drawn to look identical like Ed Gein. So I would love to see a, a dramatic and accurate biopic of the life and crimes of Ed Gein, except in one scene he has a conversation with a drunk clown. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I'm going to tell you how I want to bring him in, because I want him to be a legit... Crazy, as Joey said, an extreme Marvel comic universe villain. But here's how, or Marvel Cinematic Universe villain, here's how I want to do it. Imagine the opening scene where a child's at a restaurant just eating a bowl of ice cream, and then later on they're home and they explode, and this guy's just like, ha! So literally, what he does is he sneaks into ice cream shops poses as a flavor of ice cream, gets someone to eat him, and then just turns back into his normal self and from the outside in, just ha- or from the inside out, just has this person explode. So you've just reminded me, have you ever seen a British TV show called Misfits? Nope. Oh, mwah, brilliant. It's about a group of kids on community service, whatever the, the term is, when you've done a crime and they're cleaning up the thing, but there's a lightning storm and it gives loads of people superpowers. Oh. It's a great show, but there's one character who basically is ice cream because his power is he can control dairy and no one <laughs> takes him seriously. And it gets to the point where there's an amazing scene where someone's making fun of him and they start clutching their chest. And he does this really, oh, really? powerful monologue where he's like, I noticed you had a tomato and mozzarella sandwich. That's what you can feel closing around your heart. And he's like, pulled <laughs> the dairy up and is just like killing them using the cheese. <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah, watch Misfits. It's a really good show. I'm not sure about that. That's just frightening to me. <laughs> I'm scared. I'm a weak, feeble-hearted man. That kind of concerns me. You may want to lay off the cheese sandwiches in that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I think as far as everything goes, I think we are done reviewing our Obnoxio shit fest. And so I think we're going to close up shop. But before we do, we are going to let Joey tell you how to reach 
him and the amazing So Wizard podcast. And you also have to introduce your co-host because they were not able to make it today, sadly. We would have loved to have a big fiver party, but uh, we'll, we'll take what we can get, especially when it's <laughs> a guest as good as Joey. So tell us about your social media presence and if there's weird places we can get your podcast, then tell us that too. Awesome. Yeah, uh, it's me, Aubrey, and Markellis every week on the podcast. Uh, we've got our fourth member, Adam, runs all our YouTube and video content. So just go to SoWizardPodcast.com. That's our central hub. You'll find links to all our social media accounts, all our videos, all our podcasts there, and like all other podcasts, we're on Spotify and iTunes and all the other places you find regular shows. And like I said, we're there every single week, so come check us out. All righty. Any tweeters or Instagrams you want to pimp? Oh, it's just uh, at the Wizard Podcast. So come find us. I run all the social media, so don't get too excited. Um, people have stopped sending <laughs> Aubrey uh, inappropriate pictures at this point through the social media because now they know it's me. So it's good. We're good. Uh, well, thank goodness. Yeah. The, sadly, being a girl on the social media spectrum is pretty harsh at times because sadly, some of our male counterparts are gross. But I assumed Joey was a female because he's has such a nice, gentle demeanor on his Twitters. But come to find out, it was Joey. I thought it might actually be because I don't think we actually <laughs> said just, which member. Did you just say Joey tweets like a girl? I said Joey. <laughs> Joey just—he's a calming presence. Most men in the internet sphere are aggressive and angry like me, which is why I run all of our social media platforms on the Twitters and the Instagrams. I am at Multiverse of Bad on the Twitter. I am at Multiverse of Badness on the Instagrams. Zach doesn't fuck with ours, so it's now my social media platform, but he does respond to create occasionally with his band Twitter, which is Zach Bastard, because he is the bass player for the Whalian, I like to say Whalian instead of Welsh because it cracks me up, Pale Bastard Band. So thank you, Zach. What would you like to add before we go, Zach? Anything? If you would like to email us, uh, don't. We're not going to respond. <laughs> no, if you would like to email us, uh, you can get us at sowizard at multiverseofbadness.com. <laughs> But outside of that, I think we are ready to sadly wrap up. We've had a great time with Joey from the So Wizard podcast. Go check those guys out, uh, especially their episode about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that Zach so loved. It was an episode. It was a reference, but I did like, oh, you know, you re I, rarely hear about it. But when Texas Chainsaw Massacre, okay. the next generation comes up, I always get a little <laughs> bit excited. <laughs> Don't say it too loud. Did. Matthew McConaughey is going to come sue you. So. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. With that said, we are going to go, and I guess it's not okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I'm Matthew McConaughey. I'm going to sue you. Matthew McConaughey. And on that note, we're going to have to check out, so where can they catch our podcast next week, sir? On the Multiverse of Badness. Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs>